Uh, we're going to do a scripture reading again this uh, time of the meeting. So I wonder if you'd turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 19. And we read from verse 14 for the sake of time, but uh, the story here is um, Lot in the city of Sodom. And uh, we think of that awful situation in the city of Sodom and the way that God was going to bring Lot and his wife out of the city of Sodom. We'll uh, go down there uh, to verse 12 of the portion of Scripture, Genesis chapter 19 and verse 12. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters? And whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said up, Get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and sent, uh, set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Uh, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities in all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities that, and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abram get, uh, got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word to all of our hearts. Now we welcome everyone along in our Saviour's precious name tonight. We do especially welcome the Reverend McCray and his wife and some of the family with us tonight. We're very glad to see our brother. Uh, he's in holidays at the present time, but we're glad that he's here tonight and we welcome him sincerely and his family in the Lord's precious name. Now, just to remind you, please, of the announcements for the incoming week. First of all, Monday to Friday this week is our holiday Bible club from 6.30 uh, to 8.30. And please remember to come along and join with us. Please, those that put down their names for helping. And any others that can help with us. Um, I think we've got the buses sort, sorted out, except for the fact that I think we need some extra people to sit on the buses. Um, we need a couple to go out 
on the buses. Um, so if you can help with that, we'd be very grateful just to go out about six o'clock on the buses and sit on them. So if you can help in that way, then see your brother Kyle or um, uh, talk to me and I'll pass on the message for you. But please uh, remember these uh, needs that we have and come along and join with us. There are leaflets there and do uh, give them out around. They're, they've been delivered this week around the towns, around us, the villages. But if uh, you know of somebody that can come along, then do take a leaflet and there's a wee um, QR code on the back and you can scan that to register the children beforehand. But do pray for the meeting this week. Our sister Christina Logan will be along night by night uh, to do the, uh, the series, which is Science and the Bible. So do make that known and invite others onto the sound of the Word of God. And to that end, we want to pray for the meeting. So after the meeting tonight, we'll have a short time of prayer. And then uh, every sun Sunday evening, uh, at the end of the meeting, uh, over the next number of weeks, we want to pray for our drive-in mission as well. And there are leaflets for the drive-in mission as well, and you can take those and uh, please invite people uh, that you know under the sound of the Word of God. That's from the 3rd to the 10th of September, and the Reverend Ryan McKee is the evangelist for that mission. So please remember that and pray for that, and put a, even just put a little card in your Bible so that you can remember to pray for the uh, drive-in mission as well. Now, the church barbecue is on Friday evening um, at the, uh, I think, about 8 o'clock. Um, the children will just be going out, but um, we really struggled to get a, a night for the church barbecue that there wasn't other things on, so we have settled that the church barbecue will be this uh, Friday night. So we invite you to come join with us, please, for that. We uh, want you to come and join with us in the fellowship on Friday evening, and please remember that. And I think I didn't announce this this morning as well. Wednesday is the prayer meeting. It's still Wednesday is the prayer meeting. But what we want to do is at 8.40 instead of 8 o'clock, uh, give uh, the time for the Holy Bible Club to be over at half eight and give ten minutes or so for the, uh, a bit of clear up and it's just a time of prayer on Wednesday. We'll not be speaking at any length anyway but it'll be just a time of prayer so come along please and join with us and let's really pray for the meetings on Wednesday. So the Wednesday prayer meeting is at eight 40, 20 to 9 on uh, Wednesday evening. Then um, next Lord's Day, 11.30 is our morning service. 6.30 is the prayer meeting in the evening. 7 o'clock is the gospel service. And I will be the preacher in the Lord's will and do invite others under the sound of the word of God. Today also is our building fund. And please give as the Lord has prospered you for the work of the building fund. Now we're going to sing another hymn before we come to the preaching of the word of God. It's the hymn 374. The dear old story of a Savior's love is sweeter as the days go by. The glad assurance of a home above is sweeter as the days go by. The hymn 374, and we'll stand please as we sing.
Now, I wonder if we could turn just now to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. And we'll read from verse 26. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, and verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wines, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house. Let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding together and one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word. My text tonight is verse 32 of that portion of scripture that we read. Those three words, remember Lot's wife. Let's just unite together, please, in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we do thank thee for the opportunity of meeting around thy word afresh this evening. We do thank thee for the power of God's word, and we thank thee for the warnings that we receive in the precious word of God. We know that these warnings count for something. They are real, and we recognize that we need to heed the warnings that God sets up in his word. So, Lord, we pray that thou wouldst bless us tonight and shut us in with thyself, and we pray that thy hand would be upon everything that is done and said tonight. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we ask these things. Amen. As you go around the countryside, you will see different monuments that are set up to different people. Now, some of them are famous, and you'll know who they are. But by and large, I think that when you go around and look in different places, there are all sorts of monuments to people, and probably we don't know who they are. We don't remember. In their day, maybe the people were famous. They were people who did great things in their community or had great standing in their community. And people set up those monuments as a means of, they thought that they would be remembered down through the generations. And yet when we pass them today, we know nothing about them or anything about what they have done or what they were in their day and generation. But there is a monument here that God wants us to take heed to. It's a monument, not of stone or marble or granite, but it's a monument of salt. That monument uh, once stood, maybe still stands, where it was left in the plain of Mamre. In fact, it, it not only was the pillar itself a monument, but the whole surrounding countryside stands as a reminder of the judgment of God. If you've ever been to the Dead Sea, you will see the desolation that there is, the silence that there is. Not a creature is able, or very few are able to live around the Dead Sea. It's a place that's marked by foreboding. It's a place where there is desolation. The sulfate that the sea brings down uh, when the heat is upon the sea, sometimes the sulfur smell will catch your breath. And we think of the uh, desolation that the Dead Sea is. 
And the traveller who stands on the shores of that sea is left with that eerie feeling. It's the feeling of the judgment of God. And the whole scene is a mighty monument to the judgment of God. We read in Genesis 19 and verse 24, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And the passage goes on to describe the total destruction. It says he overthrew those cities and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. Why did God destroy the cities? Well, we're told in Genesis 18 and 20, because the city of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous. And we think of how God must judge sin. The Bible says, the Lord says, I am the Lord, I change not. God still judges sin. God still uh, brings the verdict upon sin. And the Lord spoke to his disciple here about the last days in Luke chapter 17. And he says that in the last days, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And it's going to be like the days of Lot. If you look at Luke 17, verse 29, it says the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So, dear friend, you may think that this has nothing to do with you, but there is coming a day when these things are going to be repeated. And if you're in your sin today, you will stand in the judgment of God. One day there will be the fire and the brimstone of eternity, the fire and brimstone of God poured out upon men and women in the, this day and generation as well. And we need to remember that the judgment of God is real. And God says here, by way of warning, he says, remember Lot's wife. We read about this character, the wife of Lot, in this portion of Scripture. And we find that God waves the red flag above her life. Here is the warning signal of God. Remember Lot's wife. Remember what she did. Remember how she was judged by God and turned into a pillar of salt. And where it says, remember Lot's wife, the tense of that is the continuous tense. It speaks of continuous action. And it really means continue. Always remember Lot's wife. Never forget Lot's wife. Maybe I'm speaking to someone tonight and you hardly know who Lot's wife is. Or maybe you've heard something about Lot's wife in a story when you were a child. And maybe the, th the thought of Lot's wife means nothing to you tonight. Well, dear friend, do not despise the warnings of God. Where God sets up a red signal, he wants you to stop and take notice. He wants you to heed his warning. And he wants you to turn back in the day of mercy. Beware lest you follow the actions of Lot's wife. And so for a few minutes tonight, I want us to think about what the Lord says here. I want you to pay attention to what the Lord says in this portion of Scripture and also in Genesis chapter 19 about Lot's wife. And what are we to remember about this woman? Well, first of all, I want you to remember her tremendous privilege. I want you to draw, draw your attention here to the position that this woman was in. And it was a position of tremendous privilege. She dwelt in the city of Sodom with her husband. It was a wicked city. And in that respect, she hadn't a privilege at all. She was surrounded by sin and iniquity. And she was surrounded by all sorts of untoward things. But on the other hand, she was married to a righteous man. The Bible speaks about Lot in the book of Peter. Peter speaks about Lot as a righteous man who was vexed 
with the filthy conversation of the wicked. And there's much that we can say about Lot that wasn't good. Lot was hardly the epitome of what a Christian should be or a child of God should be. There was much that was wrong with this man. But uh, and those consequences are later visited upon his family. But at the same time, while he was a backslider, and though he had become a respected citizen in this place of sin and iniquity, I want you to realize that here is a man who knew the Lord, a man who, the Bible says, was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. And we read tonight about when the angel of God eventually comes to bring him out of the city, that he wants to warn his uh, sons-in-law and his daughters about what was going to take place. And the Bible says that he seemed unto them as one that mocked. In other words, they'd never heard him speak about this before. He'd never, they'd, he'd never warned them about the things of eternity, about the judgment of God. But nevertheless, the Bible does say about the fact that he is vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. And while he mightn't have been speaking too much to his sons and his daughters and to his sons-in-law, I would think that at some time he would have expressed his frustration to his wife about the awful condition that there was in the city of Sodom. And we find that there was some uh, resemblance of religion, and there must have been some resemblance of religion. He was a true believer. He was a man who was just. The Bible speaks about just Lot. He was just in the eyes of God. And the only way that a person can be just is that they're justified by the grace and mercy of God. And this man, probably when Abram had come out of the Ur of the Chaldees, this man too had put his trust in the God of salvation. And he was saved. And what a privilege it was for him or for her to have in her home a man, a husband, who was a godly man in that sense, in that he was just in the sight of God. And maybe I'm speaking to someone tonight, and you have in your family a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, somebody that you know that's in your family, and they're saved by the grace of God. And there have been times when they've spoken to you, and even when they haven't spoken to you, you've looked at their actions and you've seen the way that they love the Lord and the things of God. And my, what a privilege that is to have that walking uh, epistle before you, that in, in indication, an example of the grace of God. Dear friend, I wonder tonight, is there somebody, you have a privilege of having somebody in your family. And not only was she uh, married to a righteous man, but she was related to a righteous man. You think of Abram, the man who's called the friend of God and the father of the faithful. He was Lot's uncle. They had lived together for many years. And when Abram had left his home and his family in Haran uh, to go where God wanted to be, there of the Chaldees, I'm sure that Lot's wife knew that Abram was a man who walked with God. And by here were her family and her associates, and there were so many in the family circle, those that she knew, that were saved by the grace of God. Oh, she knew about God's salvation. She knew something. I don't know how much she knew. I think there's a great deficiency in Lot and what he has told his family and all the rest of it. But she knew something. And no matter what you know, maybe tonight you know very little about the things of God. You're puzzled about the gospel of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many questions that you want to ask. But dear friend, what a privilege it is even to be able to sit here in the meeting or over the internet and to hear the gospel of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's a woman who is privileged by her associations. But also she is privileged because she has heard God's word. Notice what we're told here in the story. Look at verse 15. It says, And when the morning arose, 
Then the angels hastened, Lot saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. So not only had she the association of family and uh, the outer family, but then there comes that time when God sends messengers to Lot. And he says, get out of that city. Get out of that place. Leave behind the iniquity of the city. And he's warned, and Lot and his wife are warned about their danger. And the heavenly messenger tells her through her husband that she's to get out of that place or she'll be consumed. And they're told then to go to the mountain. And you read about the negotiation about how he would go to Zoar. He didn't want just to go the way that God wanted him to go, but God was said, well, here's a little city, the city of Zoar, and you can go there. But my, what a privilege to have the word of God. What a privilege to have the warnings of the word of God. Here's God, and he's very direct. And you notice the word of God is direct. You don't have to debate about this. You don't have to try and work it out or get a degree or go into a theological study to understand what the angels are saying to Lot and to his wife. Get out. Get out of this place of iniquity. Get out of this place of sin. Flee to the mountain. And I'm glad tonight that there's the mountain of Calvary to which you can go. God is saying to you plainly, dear friend, get out of the place of sin. Get out of that place that's bringing you down to destruction. The danger of destruction is with you every day. Dear friend, you don't know what a day may bring forth. And God is saying, get out of that place of destruction. Flee from the danger that you're in and go to the Mount of Calvary. Go to the cross. Go to the place where our Savior bled and died and where he shed his precious blood and where he made that atonement for sin and where he died the just for the unjust to bring us to God. And the word of God is plain and clear and he didn't have to debate about it. And God is urgent about this thing. And there's an urgency about the gospel of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to be plain with you tonight. You need to flee from your sin. We're sinners in the sight of God. And you need to flee from wrath to come. So we notice her tremendous privilege. But then I want you to see her terrible predicament. Now, she is living in this place of danger. She is living in terrible danger. If you look in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 13, we read about the danger that she's in. God says about the city where she was dwelling, for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. The fire of God was about to fall. We read in the book of Jude how that the city of Sodom was destroyed by everlasting fire. So this is hellfire. This is the danger that she was in. God sent the very literal fires of hell upon that city. And here she was, and she's in that city. She's in that place. My, nothing like this had ever happened before. And nothing like this is going to happen until the day of uh, judgment when something similar is uh, going to happen. I saw some of the archaeologists going around that area and uh, bringing out the brimstone that is in the earth around that area. Just the indication of the brimstone at uh, Fail. But here is uh, Lot in the midst of that city. He's in a place of honor. He's one of the town councillors. The Bible says that he sat in the gate of the city. He's an honored man in that city. Everything is going well for Lot. He thinks it, it all is well with him and it's very easy for him. And suddenly he gets the warning. Get out. Get out. Dear friend, things may be going well with you. You may be in a place of honor. You may be in a place where everything is uh, smiling at you and everything is in the garden is ro rosy and you may feel no sense of danger. I'm sure Lot felt no sense of danger when he first got the warning. 
Oh, everything was continuing on as it always had been. There was nothing different about this day than any other day. Oh, dear friend, you think of the accidents that have happened in the past week. And many people went out and they thought, well, this day is no different from any other day. And you know, there are many people who have the attitude, maybe that Lot had, in the time to come when it comes towards the end of the world. In fact, it's going to get worse and people will think to themselves, where is the judgment of God? Oh, you preachers are preaching about the judgment of God. But it says in Second Peter 3, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. They're saying, where is this judgment? And people will mock at preachers who talk about the judgment of God and scoff about the fact that God is a God of justice and it's easy to mock. But dear friend, you won't be mocking on that day. You won't be mocking on that day. You know, we think of the warning that God gives and Lot's wife here is in danger. She's in danger of the fires of hell. Dear friend, you need to see your danger. Don't you see it tonight? Oh, you deserve nothing other than the wrath and curse of Almighty God. You deserve nothing other than the condemnation of God. I want you to see that the uh, judgment that fell upon this city was fair. My, here was the city and the iniquity had come to the nostrils of God. And God was able to uh, discern the wickedness and the sin that was in it. Oh, we live in a day when it is becoming more and more like the days of Noah and like the days of Lot. There's a turning away from God. There is a glorying in the kinds of sin that were prevalent in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. God is saying, dear friend, you're in danger. You're in danger. But I want you to see something else that we're to remember about this woman. I want you to remember her tragic preference. Because though she was warned, and though she was told to get out of the city, and in fact she did get out of the city, we read in the Bible that she looked back. We read about the command. If you look in verse 17, it says that God gave the command to Lot. It says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, he said, this is the Lord now speaking, Escape for thy life, Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And I want you to notice again that the Lord is very specific in his instructions. He says, escape to the mountain, but don't look back. Don't be looking behind you. But then we read in verse 26, But his wife looked back from behind and she, uh, behind him, and she became a pillar of of salt. And Lot's wife is, is betrayed by her preference. There was Lot's wife and she's really showing where she wanted to be. God had said to her specifically, don't look back. And the word that is spoken of there where it says look back, the Hebrew gives the connotation that she looked back longingly. It's not just that she glanced back, but she looked back longingly. Her heart was still in Sodom. And there she was. And what a tragic uh, thing this is. She looks back and we think of how striking it is. It's striking because she's on her way out of the place. She has made the first steps to get out of Sodom. And then somehow, just at the right or the wrong moment, when she's halfway out of the city, she looks back. You know, there are many people, and when they hear the gospel, and when they hear of their sin, and maybe the guilt of your sin begins to speak to you, and you realize the guilt of your sin, and my, you think to yourself, well, I need to do something about this. And maybe you've been in gospel meetings, and you've said to yourself, well, 
I know what Christianity is and I want to live the Christian life and I give up on that sin and that sin that's benighting me and that sin that's holding me down and I'll get rid of that sin and I'll go to church and I'll read my Bible and I'll pray. And maybe you've got there to that place where you've thought to yourself, I live the Christian life and you've done it in your own strength and by your own power. But you've made an effort. As it were, you have made the steps to get out of the place of sin and out of the place of iniquity. But dear friend, the problem is your heart. You see, only God can change your heart. Only the Lord can change your heart. And this woman had come out and she'd taken the steps to get out and it seems as if she was a long way along the road and suddenly her heart betrays her and she turns back and looks down into that city. My how striking it is for so many people. Here she was outside of the city and yet she is a longing. She feels at the last hurdle. Not only was her preference striking, but it was so sad. It was so sad. She could have been safe if she'd just continued on the way that she was going. She could have been safe if she'd gone on in the direction that God was indicating. She could have been saved. But there she is. And she's snatched, as it were, from the jaws of salvation, if we put it like that. She looked back. Oh, she's so sad. What a sad thing. Dear friend, I want to speak to you. There are those that I know of in our community. I know of people that I have dealt with. And they've come so far. And they've come to the point where they have spoken to the preacher. And they have uh, acknowledged that they're sinners. And they know that they need God's salvation. But they come to the point where they turn back. And maybe their turning back is just for the same reason as Lot's wife. Why did Lot's wife turn back? Well, maybe it was because of her family down in Sodom. You know, the Bible speaks about her sons-in-law and her daughters, and some of those daughters don't seem to have come out of the city of Sodom. And maybe her heart was with her family. She's thinking about her family. She sees the destruction and she's thinking about her family. And my, her family is down there in that place of destruction and her heart turns back. And maybe, dear friend, it's because of family. Because of those that you love. They're not saved. They're not washed in the precious blood of the Lamb. And dear friend, you don't want to be different from them. But I want to tell you, dear friend, if you end up in hell, if you end up in this, those daughters that were down in Sodom, do you think that they wanted their mother to perish with them? Do you think that they wanted their mother to be in the same position as they were in? No, dear friend. And your friends, though they may mock you today and they may, dis they may say to you and scoff you, when you become a Christian, if you become a Christian. Dear friend, when it comes to the day when they're in the destruction of hell, they'll not want you with them. There, there's a many a uh, 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 young fella, many a young girl, or because of boyfriend or because of girlfriend, have said, I'll not come and put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be with my girlfriend or with my boyfriend. Well, dear friend, when it comes to that place of destruction, they'll not want to know you. Never mind, want to be with you. And dear friend, here is a situation that is so sad. It's so striking. It's so sad. But it's also so sinful. Make no mistake. Mrs. Lot knew what God had told her. Look not behind thee. God said, look not behind thee. What is she doing? Disobeying God. What is sin? It's disobedience to God. As we say, the Hebrew word translated look back means look back longingly. Her affections were down there. Oh, dear friend, where are your affections? 
Where are your affections? Are they with the mighty God of heaven? Or are they with the world? Are they with the things of the world? And here's a woman here, and she makes an awful mistake. It's the tragic uh, tragedy of sinful preference. What's your preference tonight? Is it a preference for God's salvation? Or is it a preference for the world? Remember Lot's wife. We see her tragic preference. But one more thing I want you to see, and that is her terrifying punishment. Look at Genesis chapter 19 and verse 26. It says, But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Notice that Lot's wife was behind her husband. She was already dragging her feet when she came to the place of looking back. And I want to tell you, she chose her own destruction. She chose her own destruction. There was no guilt or or there was no uh, thought of God being responsible for what she did. Dear friend, you're responsible for yourself. And notice her punishment was fair. She deserved what she got. She was warned. She ignored the warning of God. And she deserved what she got. And if you ignore the warning of God, dear friend, you have the privilege of hearing the warning of God tonight. He will not punish the righteous, but he will not let the guilty escape. And you're guilty of despising God's great offer of mercy tonight. Not only was it fair, but it's final. There was no second chance. The fire failed and turned Lot's wife into the pillar of salt. And she had plenty of chances until this time. And then there were no more chances. No more opportunities. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. And the, the terrifying thing about the judgment of God is that it is forever. I think that what was wrong with Lot's wife here was that she didn't believe the word of God. She didn't believe the word of God. And maybe that's your basic problem tonight. You don't believe what the preacher's saying. Because, dear friend, if you were to believe what the preacher is saying and still go on in your sin, that would be tantamount to lunacy. You don't believe what the preacher is saying. She didn't believe. She didn't think it was going to happen. She didn't think that anything would be the consequence. All she she did, she might have thought, it'll look back. It's it's the smallest of an action. It's hardly worth talking about. Just a glance back. A glance that was logging, but nevertheless, just a glance back. Oh, it seemed as nothing. Maybe the fact that you despise God and sin against God, maybe it seems as nothing to you. Nothing to you. But one sin is enough to condemn you in a Christless hell for all eternity. Dear friend, she looked back in disobedience and she's turned into a pillar of salt. God means what he says. God will do what he says. And God did what he said to this woman. But God's mercy extends to the even most rebellious. Lot himself was hardly the epitome and example of what he should be. But he is brought out And God cannot send the eternal fire upon Sodom until his child is out of there. And that shows you, dear friend, that the eternal fires of hell can never, ever come upon those who are God's people. And what you need to do is what God says. Escape. Escape to the mountain. 
come to the place called Calvary. Come to that place where our Savior bled and died. Come to that place where mercy is provided. Come to that place where there is cleansing in the precious blood of the Lamb. Escape thou to the city. Go to the city of Zoar, as it were. Go to that place that God has provided for salvation. Oh, go to that place and be saved. Go to the one who alone is able to save your soul. Lot's wife didn't bother. Lot's wife looked back. Lot's wife turned out of the road that she'd been directed by God himself. And she perished. And I have to tell you, dear friends, so will you. If you don't come God's road, if you don't enter by the straight gate, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. You've got to try, climb the narrow way that leads to life. You've got to come God's way because there's no other way to go. Will you come tonight and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Remember Lot's wife. May God write his word upon her hearts for his name's sake. Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we think of the warning that is given in thy precious word tonight to remember Lot's wife. O oh God, we think of this woman who despised the way that was provided for her, and we recognize that there are so many in this day and generation who despise the way that God has set out for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'd ask thee that thou wouldst bless thy word and write it upon hearts tonight and draw sinners to thyself. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen. The hymn 222 is our closing hymn. Come ye sinners poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore, Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, love, and power. We'll sing the first two verses of the hymn and we'll stand as we sing. Loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we pray that thou wouldst bless thy word to every heart. We pray that it might have eternal consequences and that thou wouldst bring the sinners to thy feet. Bless us now, take us to our homes in safety, 
We pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit may rest and abide with thy people both now and in the incoming days. For Jesus' sake, amen.